Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Come get some! <laughs> Halloween. Alright, welcome to day 37 of our journey together to get to the sum of all things. Today, if you're expecting part two of GR from internalhero.com, the the talented comic book artist who will put you as the hero in the comic book. Uh, that's next week. It'll be uh, part two with 10 questions. It'll be great. Uh, I have a caller coming in right now. This is my guest today, Chance Hancock. Hang on one second. Hello. You're on. Come get some. Hey, is this uh, Bob's Hardware? Uh, yes. Yeah, what you looking for? Uh, I'm actually looking for a, uh, a double weeding iron, and uh, also might need a. So, what's going on, man? <laughs> How's it going, man? This is Chance Hancock, co-host of Dead X Radio. You're doing good. All right, good, good. good. So, uh, I'm introducing you now because the show has started. Um, so I got Chance Hancock here. He's co-host of Dead X Radio. He's a paranormal investigator by trade. Today, we're getting to the sum of my paranormal experience. Uh, from when I was a child, and I believe, Chance, uh, when we talked the first time we ever spoke to each other, we talked about childhood experiences, I think, and um, yes. we didn't get into total detail, yeah, yeah, we didn't get into total detail about my experience, we talked a little bit about it, you shared like, your experience a little bit, some things that we still haven't put out there, but I'm not going to press you on that. But today what I want to do is I'm going to tell my story, uh, tell my experience, it should take about seven to eight minutes. And uh, then uh, we can have some discussion about it. We'll get, I'll get psychoanalyzed by Chance Hancock. All right. That sounds good to me. No, I cannot guarantee end results. Uh, you may have anal leakage, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. <laughs> that, was, that was yesterday. But here's the thing. <laughs> the, the, um, the, the, the things will be seven to eight minutes, five to seven minutes, whatever. I was able somehow to put extra time on this. So before we get into my experience, I do want to address real life a little bit for you. Um, I, I don't know the girl um, at all, but uh, there was just a loss, right? Uh, Gabby uh, Goodwin, is that right? right? Yeah. Yeah, she was, uh, well, Patrick Webb, one of our other co-hosts on the show, uh, and one of the other uh, co-creators of DeadX Radio, it was a good friend of his wife's. And uh, in his, and she had come, uh, came out to an event with us, uh, I think it was about two weekends ago, and unfortunately she has passed away. I don't know all the details, and I'm really not going to get that out on air anyways, even if I knew. Right. But uh, she was very young. Very young. Yeah, I'm really the, sorry uh, to hear about that. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear about that. I know you guys are putting out a GoFundMe because when you when you lose somebody, if you ever lost somebody, people know it, it can be very costly uh, to properly put them to rest. Um, so there's a GoFundMe. Do you want to give that link out? I'll, I'll also paste it in the description after the show. Yeah, I actually don't have the link on me off the you know right at the top right now. Um, however, you can go to DeadX Radio on Facebook. And I know that we Perfect. shared the link on there, and you'll see it. Perfect. So if you guys can help in any way, uh, there you go. Uh, so without further ado, let's get down to uh, my experience, and I'm going to go ahead and just do like a dramatic telling, and then uh, we'll talk about it here. Okay. Is this going to have like creepy music and stuff too? I'm just wondering. Yep. 
<laughs> it sure is. <laughs> I don't know if it's loud enough. Let's see. There it is. All right. So it was October 31st, 1978. I was four years old. It was my first ever door-to-door trick-or-treating. Uh, as a big boy, I was out with my mother, my brother, and the girl next door. As we were trick-or-treating, uh, we came to an end. I had a good time. I saw a lot of great costumes. Nothing really bothered me or spooked me. And I had a bag full of candy, so I was a pretty happy camper. Uh, we were about halfway up the block to my house. When I look over my left shoulder, there wasn't many people around. And that's when I saw it. It was the woman. She was a frightful-looking woman. Uh, and this will sound a little cliche, but this is what I saw. She had a long, flowing gown on. Uh, her head tilted back ever so slightly. Mouth gaped open. Her eyes rolled back, but not too much that I couldn't tell. It seemed like she could see me seeing her. As she reaches out, she's got this pale, bluish-greenish glow to her, like a glow all around her. Uh, she's solid, seemingly, but there's no other color. Uh, this scared the shit out of me. So I was yanking on my mother's arm. I'm going, Mom, Mom, there's something behind us. There's a ghost. There's a ghost. And I've never seen or thought or considered the idea of a ghost chasing me. But I knew this thing looked like it was coming after me. So my mother turned around and my brother and the neighbor, they didn't see anything. I said, it's right there. There's nothing there, Chris. No, it's right there. This ghost is coming. I have this panic about me. And they say, you're imagining things. You're tired. I'm like, no, I'm pointing at it. I'm looking at it. It's still there. How do you not see this? Well, I felt helpless. I, I, how can they protect me from something they don't see? So I climbed up my mother like the four-year-old that's too big to be carried, and I grasped her tightly and looked over her shoulder, and as I looked back, it had gotten closer. It was only like two townhouses away, and my mother uh, said, don't look at it. Just close your eyes. And I said, run, 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 please run, and, and, and it just it didn't believe me, and it drove me crazy, and we got back to the house. It was It was over. I sat down at the table and gave me a snack, and and told me, uh, you know, well, they didn't know what to tell me. They were they were freaked out too, uh, but they didn't think I saw a ghost. They were looking at each other. I was in shock. I was frozen in fear, and I was never gonna close my eyes again. Go in a dark room. Go to sleep. Uh, I was also uh, more what I remember more than just the fear was the anger and frustration and resentment that nobody else saw it or believed that I saw something. Uh, my mother and my brother spoke to each other, and they went over a series of combinations of possible costumes I saw down the street and pieced them together to make the perfect example of what I probably saw. Well, I couldn't deal with what I saw, so I accepted that. I just said, eh, close enough, and, and I let it go. I would go on for years after that until I was 12 years old, afraid of the dark, afraid of the sound of music, afraid of everything. Not the movie sound of music, but the sound of horror music. I'm glad you clarified so, yeah, so I never talked about this, never thought about this. It just never came up for years until about five years ago. I was watching some paranormal television. There's a plethora of it on TV. I hear there's a new one coming out next year called Dead X Chronicles. I'm told it's great. But they're talking about this green lady ghost. Now, I didn't see the green lady ghost. The green lady ghost is in Europe. But uh, it sounded very similar to the description uh, that I gave. Uh, all those years ago, but I didn't piece it together yet, and I said, that just sounds so familiar. Also, it's been described as similar to maybe a banshee, but I don't know that was a, a banshee. So I go on the internet and look it up. I can't find this image today. I don't know where this image is, but it's out there. And uh, 
I found it. I found it, and it looked just like her. And I said, "Oh my God, that looks like her." And when I saw it, and I said that, I realized, wait a minute, it looks like who? And it, the light bulb went off. I said, "Oh my God, it happened! It really happened!" All the memories flooded back. I had been suppressing this for thirty some odd years, and that is when I realized that I saw a ghost when I was four years old on a Halloween night, trick or treating with my family. The chance. Welcome to the show again. <laughs> What's your uh, analysis of that uh, that experience? Uh, my professional analysis is that um, you're not. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a situation like that, you know, I mean, you know, you know how we are. We are very skeptical about everything that you know, especially you know, years of investigating and people saying that, well, this is you know what's going on in a home or a business. You check it out, and you find a normal, reasonable explanation for it. It's not paranormal at all. Now, it's not saying you did not have a paranormal experience, but what I'm saying is is that the fact that you have to take in a couple of things, you know, a couple of factors. One, it's Halloween night. Imagination is running yep. pretty wild and rampant. Two, the fact that, you know, you're a child, you know, four years old, so, of course, you got to mark it up to overactive imagination. But the problem that we run into sometimes with people is sometimes something paranormal can happen in front of them, and they'll mark it up to, you know, a reasonable explanation. They'll they'll basically lie to themselves to to get comfort. And uh, right. so I got to say this. I mean, it can go one or two ways. It really could have been something you witnessed back then, and of course you researched later on in years and and found something that you know matched that of what you experienced. Or B, it's just you had a overactive imagination and you just found something with coincidence. Yeah, I can tell you that I, – I, here's what I say, and this is just because I lived it. And when I told the experience like I just did, I get in the adrenaline rush because I'm, I'm actually reliving it. Um, what happens with this is I say I'm 95% sure it happened. Uh, the 5% that I wouldn't be certain of, that is maybe it was someone in a costume, and I'm remembering – because I, I remember what I remember. Now, I may be remembering the imagination of a four-year-old's images and not what actually I saw. Uh, I give that a possibility. Now, here's the thing with that is what I saw behind us that was just three or four houses back, when I pointed to it and looked at it and said, look, it's right there, and they all looked and couldn't say, oh, that's a kid in the costume where there's nothing – you know, there's something there, but it's not what you think it is. It, 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 I definitely didn't have it – it definitely wasn't an image I put in my head. There was something there, and it was either someone so in a costume – yeah, so it bothers that, me more that you saw something, but nobody else saw anything. Right, right, because you sh- if there's no way that you look back and you don't see something back there. Maybe it's not a ghost, but you see something behind us because it's right there, but nobody did. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. That, playing, that, devil's advocate, playing devil's advocate here, let's say that what you saw was real, okay? Let's just say that it was real. It was a true haunted experience. What it could have been possibly is the fact that when you are developing from, you know, child to adolescent to adult, everything changes for you. Everything changes from, one, your body chemistry, two, your actual physical chemistry, such as, like, uh, your vision. Your vision will change. You actually grow a certain set of lenses over your eyes the older you get. And same thing happens with your hearing. Your hearing decibel levels change as you get older where sounds you can hear as a child, you cannot hear as an adult. 
Now, this one of the beliefs in the paranormal community is the reason why children happen to see and hear things on a paranormal level that adults are not is because you can see on a level that they can't. You can hear on a level that they can't. So playing devil's advocate, it could be a reason why, if it is real, you might have been able to actually see this thing that your parents around you could not see because of the fact that their body has changed throughout the years. Well, and I wonder if there's not a certain part of our brain that shuts that off. Like, if I was sensitive to that, if I was able to see things as a child and that was the first experience and it was that traumatic for me and I had that much trouble handling it, is it not unusual that I would block that out and block out all all communication whatsoever with any other kind of realm or any other kind of, 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 of spiritual thing? Yeah, because what happens is you wind up changing into what's called disassociation. Disassociation is, which is very common amongst uh, you know young adults and, and children when they have something very traumatic happen to them, you know, at a young age. That it's almost like creating a second uh, personality. But what it is, it's a defense mechanism to block out all that bad and everything else. So it, they're almost mentally blind to it. So it could have been that. Maybe you were sensitive back then. Then you saw something that was so traumatic in your mind that you wound up developing this, you know, uh, uh, like a defense mechanism against it. You know, it's like some people, you know, that that you can see walk through a house. Like, prime example, we've been on investigations before where we've seen something very much paranormal happen. But one person in the group is so skeptical that they will sit there and deny adamantly that it was paranormal, you know, and say, though, oh, it had to be this or it had to be that or it had to be this because that's their defense mechanism kicking in. They can't no, handle they the fact that – exactly. They can't handle the fact that there was something a lot more than what they could grasp happened and their brain can't handle it, so they automatically go in defense and say, well, then that's not it and it's not true. All right. Well, I even, I even considered, you know, I even considered that maybe it didn't happen at all and, like, you know, I just – built that in my head watching the paranormal shows and they're like, Oh my God, that happened. Then I asked my mother about it and she remembered it, but she remembers something different. <laughs> you know how they described the trick or treater. They pieced it together that I saw. She described a different trick or treater. And then she described a different one two weeks ago. So they, she can't remember one because it was so many years ago when she's up in the years. And also because she didn't see what I saw. Well, now, but exactly. here's something she interesting about this. Saw. I was going to say real yeah, quickly, here's the thing is that you did not see what you saw, and it's, it's an adult's way of also protecting their child, you know, to make them feel comforted. Well, true. And, and, you know, I mean, let's be real. Parents are going to do that no matter how old you are. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think there might be some piece of that because it was such a, such a moment in, in my life that was so different than any other moment. Um, but, but what's funny about it is because – my brother and mother were telling me this description of this thing, this kid I saw in a costume that didn't quite match, and they knew it didn't match. I worked so hard in my brain to see that as a kid in a costume running up the street that I do kind of remember what I actually saw, and I also – it blurs together with the explanation that I forced on myself from what was given to me by my brother and my mother that night. So it's kind of a blur yeah. in that way, and that's what also makes it kind of questionable for me. You know, the sad thing is, is when people have had experiences like that that happened to them years ago, you're never, ever going to get the 
100% truth of what happened. And the reason why is not that people are liars. It's just that, you know, your perception and your memories change throughout the years. You know, that you could have said, well, this woman was wearing a red dress back in 1978 when I saw her when I was a child, but yet <laughs> kind of find out it's a blue dress. You know, I mean, things, things change throughout time. But, uh, and like I said, I mean, you know, coming from the world of paranormal, I mean, we do investigations and stuff like that, that we, anytime somebody comes to us with a paranormal experience, we never, ever, re- you know, think that they're a liar or they're shenanigans or anything like that. But we do approach it, like I said, with a very skeptical approach of saying, well, let's just see what we find. You know, and with this situation, right. I mean, hey, you know what? Even if I adamantly did not believe you, if you truly believe that that happened, there's nothing I'm going to be able to say to change your mind. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, by the same token, and I think I think this is kind of where you are with the whole evidence thing is there are things I tell you. I tell you this story from Halloween night, 1978, and um, I tell you that story about the invisible UFO I told you on, on Dead X Radio uh, a year ago. You know, yep. I know what I saw and I know what I experienced, but if you told me the same story six months later, six months from now, I'm going to doubt it even though I've seen it myself because it's just that difficult, yeah. that rare, that hard to, to buy into. Well, you know, the, the brain does the whole thing in matrixing. You know, and matrixing, to, for listeners who are not familiar with that, is the same thing as when you're laying on your back looking at clouds and you go, that looks like a rabbit, that looks like Winnie the Pooh, whatever the case may be. It's your brain taking, <laughs> yeah. you know, an animate object or, you know, or whatever and putting it into something that your brain is familiar with. And, you know, so it can build recognition. The brain has to have recognition to everything it sees, you know, everything you see, smell, touch, hear. Your brain has to put something to it. You know, uh, like when they talk about how the sense of smell is the number one trigger mechanism for the brain. Because you will remember thousands of smells that you've had throughout the year from, like, something your mom has cooked or you know, a certain cologne somebody wears, whatever, that'll trigger a memory to that moment because that's what that person had on or that's what that person had cooking, so you remember that moment. So with matrixing, right. you know, you could have, you know, seen this, you know, what we'll call an entity for lack of a better term, and your brain says that, you know, well, this is an entity and this is what it is. Now, could that be your overactive imagination because you thought it was a ghost and that's what your brain said it was? Or it could have been something completely harmless and something different, but that's what your brain told you it was to build a recognition. But like I said, I mean, right. you know, one of those moments where nobody's there to build a, you know, confirm one way or the other, you know, I, I have to take you at face value and say, sure, you saw a ghost. Yeah, I mean, I really, what I want to do, this is the kind of thing, because you make a lot of good points, and I've even heard Jeff Hillier make this point about one of his experiences. On my show and on your show, he's talked about how, well, I don't know if it's something I experienced or something in the child's mind. I, I don't know for sure, and that's a fair and safe thing to say, and, and this, that's the kind of thing that makes people like you and, and Jeff and Pat go into the paranormal investigating because you have experiences, and it's never enough to say – it's almost never enough to say definitively, I understand what happened. I understand what's happening. And that is very, very true. You know, I mean, being a paranormal investigator and, you know, we, we work alongside a lot of paranormal investigators, friends with a lot of paranormal investigators. And pretty much that's kind of the common thing is the fact that since there is no definitive answer of what a haunting is, that's why you keep doing it. Because there is, even in ourselves, even for people that's had their own experiences, you still have your own doubts. I mean, I had doubts yeah, that all the time of uh, 
of the yeah, some of the things that I've witnessed or things that happened to me when I was younger. Hence why investigation techniques have turned to more into documenting. That way you got something to actually go back and look at and go, Okay, yeah, I really did see that. Here it is on film, you know, or I did hear that. Here it is on audio. You know, and to help confirm of what you heard or saw. You know, and then from there it's a, it's a big puzzle piece, man. You're trying to put it all together to figure out what the hell it is. Yeah, and the problem with that, what makes it really difficult is uh, to get into paranormal investigating, if I, we can talk about that a little bit, you don't really, unless you're getting a TV crew together and a TV network behind you, there's really no way to make a living paranormal investigating. That's, that's a yeah. spare time passion thing, is it not? Yes, I will definitely tell people right now that <laughs> if you think being an investigator is going to make you rich, it ain't going to happen. Even being on a television show, is it going to make you rich? No, it's not going to happen. The only way that you'll really become rich is if you have a TV show that's very successful and merchandise is going off the shelves left and right, you know, marketing, advertising, all that is doing well for you, then you can make some money. You know, so for people out there who are thinking about getting into paranormal investigations only because they want to make money, you're getting into the wrong field. Go study computers and graphics. That's where everything's going nowadays. And you'll make a lot more Well, look, yeah, I'm an IT, and that's, the, that's a good argument. Is yeah, The argument is that they say that like, you know, computers someday will take all our jobs away. Well, someone's got to fix the computers. So definitely something in computing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, you know, oh, my even for investigators who have been investigating for years who wanted to do a TV show, well, if you want to do a TV show, that's fine and dandy, and hey, more power to you. I mean, I'm all for anybody being successful because I, I believe in good karma, and I want good karma back on me. But the thing is is that if you're going to do it, make sure you do something original because everything out there has been done to death. I mean, the hell, look at movies and TV shows. Everything's being a remake nowadays. You know, so well, if you're, you're do doing something, something original. You know, oh, yeah, we're definitely doing something original, something definitely offbeat and off-kilter. So you're going to do Dead X Chronicles. Now, this is uh, – Tom Holland's producing this, right? The creator of Chucky and director of uh, what, Psycho 2? Yes, yes. Tom Holland himself is our executive producer along with David Shackler, who did Village of the Damned. He was the music supervisor on majority of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Um, uh, they both are our executive producers. And then we have a side producer who is also uh, Josh Holland which is Tom Holland's son. He's a uh, creator of Terror Time. So that's, that's awesome. And you're going to do a little bit of comedy in there, uh, have a little fun with it, some hijinks. Are you worried that people won't take the show seriously enough with a horror, with horror icons as part of the production and then comedy in the show? Or, or you're, you're not going to let that? No. We, uh, if we worried about every little detail, we wouldn't be as far as we are right now. The thing is, is that, you know, along with horror, Think about majority of horror films you've seen. There's always a stint of comedy in, in every one of them. And, and for a lot of people, that's how they actually deal with traumatic events. A lot of people, it's a very common reaction when something bad happens to treat it with humor because when you add the levity, it makes it easier to deal with. Now, for us, because Absolutely. of the fact that we're all – you're familiar with DedX Radio. All four of us, myself, you know, Jeff Hillier, Patrick Webb, and you know, uh, John, uh, John Rusnick, we're all – comedians on our show and so we figured well we're investigators too why not blend it you know everybody and this is a sad thing and the truth on paranormal television shows everybody wants to be so serious because they want to be taken serious 
They want the investigation to be serious. For us, we are doing this for fun, and we pointed that out from the very beginning. We told people that when we created DeadX Chronicles, even DeadX Radio itself, we were doing this for fun. We're bringing the fun and the entertainment back to the paranormal side of the house. You know, when we go out to do these shows, we're going to have our blend of of humor blended in, obviously, and you know how we are about bashing on each other and practical jokes and stuff. And then the topper is we're bringing a celebrity along with us on every investigation. And we're not talking about like, you know, we're going to bring, you know, the guy who was behind a dumpster in a, you know, film or something. We're talking like, you know, major celebrities (laughs) and bringing them along and see how they react to doing what we do on investigations. And that's where you're going to see a lot of the humor and stuff. You know, now granted there's going to be a fear factor because we are going to actual haunted documented locations to do these investigations. Now, the investigation itself, we are going to take very serious and see if we find anything. But, however, we are going to have our blend of humor and fun along the way. Because every one of us who do paranormal investigations, we got into it because we wanted to find an answer, and it was exciting. It was something new in our lives that we were doing. And that's what we're doing is bringing that excitement side back to, you know, the house of paranormal. Yeah, if you guys ever investigate Fort McHenry in Annapolis, Maryland. I want to go. I want to go. Um, I can tell you, I have a close family member. Is it? Yes. Okay, because I have a family member close to me. I can't say. I, I promise I wouldn't tell anyone ever who or when. But it was a uh, it was a Halloween night. They were at Fort McHenry for a Halloween tour. I don't know that Fort McHenry does them anymore. I think they just they want to be taken more seriously there as well as for historical uh, purposes, but. Um, something happened there on a Halloween night to that person that no one else could see. It was very similar to mine, and uh, it makes me wonder if you take it, if you take at face value, if you accept that this person in my family had an experience that was uh, way out there, by the way, and if you take into account and take at face value that I had an experience and to say I did in 1978, I know you guys have kind of laughed at the the prospect on DeadX Radio, but. Is it just a coincidence, or do you think there might be something about Halloween night, you know, bringing something out? I think very much there could be. I think very much there could be. I mean, there's a lot of, like, even pagan beliefs that the veil bends between our side and the paranormal side of the house during Halloween. So, uh, and there's other, there's other actual religions that think the same thing, not just, you know, pagan. But, uh, so, yeah, I think there's a real possibility. I mean, I'll put it this way. With all the things I've witnessed and, and heard and seen in my lifetime and doing investigations and everything else, I would be pretty arrogant to say, oh, it's all lies and, and bullshit, you know? Right, right. I mean, you, you've had some – I don't know if you really want to get into any of those, but you've had some pretty crazy experiences in your youth uh, growing up that you'd have a hard time denying or <laughs> actually happened to you, I think. Yeah. Um, I had a situation where I was at a family member's home. Uh, when I was young and we were there, you know, the whole family was gathered for Christmas and I was laying in the bed. It was late at night. I was getting ready to go to, go to sleep. Uh, I want to say I, it was like preteens, so I had to be like maybe 10, you know, 11, somewhere around there. And I distinctly right. heard someone walk into the room and sit on the edge of the bed. I felt the bed go down and I turned and rolled over to see who it was you know I thought maybe it was my mom or my dad or somebody coming in the room and there was nobody there and I mean I can actually even remember seeing the indent in the bed of somebody sitting there and nobody's there 
That's crazy. Um, yeah, that was the first time that I actually can say that I damn near levitated because I don't think my feet hit the floor until I hit the hallway. <laughs> right. Nothing paranormal about that. It's just more of kind of a roadrunner moment. Uh-huh. Um, uh, wow, we've been on an investigation where we had a forklift get moved sideways by about eight inches that actually left a scrape mark across the concrete from the blades. So we had, like, actual physical proof, too, that the forklift had been moved. Wow. Well, well, what I want to do, if I can at some point, and I don't know when or how, but I want to get hypnotized. And I know I'll look like a yes, – I think that's why people don't do it. You'll look like a fool if it turns out to be something simple. But I want to be hypnotized to remember that night clearly. So I can say definitely rather it happened or not. So I can either stop telling well, you know, the crazy story you're looking crazy, or I can actually have confirmation on that. We could always give it a shot. You know, we have cameras in our studio when we do Dead X Radio, and maybe we'll get a hold of because we, you know, we got connections with a lot of different people all over the U.S. Maybe get a professional hypnotist to come in, hypnotize you on air, and take you back and see what we can find out. Yeah, now, now aren't there questions about some of the legitimacy of um of hypnotism as well though? Can you be can you be persuaded to see what you want to see or what the hypnotizer wants you to see? I believe you can, but I believe that if they're professional, that they're not going to give you any pre you know, precognitive thoughts. I think that they're going to Especially you know, just life. ask exactly. They're just gonna ask you to give up more of the detail of what you saw and what happened, more than giving any type of uh, you know, preconceived thought. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's kinda like right, cool. interview. Yeah, it's kinda like we do an interview on you know, for a person for a team. You know, when you're out investigating and let's say somebody uh, they claim to saw, you know, a witch. We'll just throw a name out there. They saw a witch running through the hallway. Well, if two people saw that, you never, ever question them together on what they saw. Always ask them separately because sometimes they will put a preconceived thought of what one individual saw in their perception opposed to the other. And, you, and you know, yeah, of course, they're going to claim they saw the same thing. That's because they're feeding off each other. But if you get them separate, right. you'll get to the bottom of the truth of what each individual actually saw. Now, if they match up 100%, you know you're on to something. Now, is that something you're planning on implementing on camera during the uh, investigations? You're going to go, hey, let's step out for a second, and then have these oh, yeah. separate conversations on camera, and you can compare. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah, like if we have a celebrity who you know, claimed that they saw something, and they were with me or Jeff or John or Pat, then we will, you know, whoever was with them, we'll pull them out separately, and we'll have a third party you know, ask them separately what they saw. You know, the best way to do it really is have them write it down because, one, now it's a log because, like I said about memory, you know, you forget stuff, especially when you've got all kinds of things going on around you. So have them write it down, and then that way you can go back, look at the notes, and see what they saw and see if they match up. Cool. Jeff, I can't tell, uh, tell you, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know you're very, very busy, and you made time for today, and, and we couldn't really schedule it whenever we wanted because we were going live. So I really appreciate it, Chance. Hey, no problem at all, man. Now, last time I did 10 questions. I'm not going to do 10 questions when I have people back uh, because we've already been through that. But I figured I should do something. Okay. So while you were talking just now, I made up something new just now on the spot for returning guests. And I'm going to have you do okay. that here if you could. Uh, this is word All association. Right. I know James Lipton does that. I'm no James Lipton. He's awesome, though. 
But this is uh, different than any other word association because you're going to give me three words for each thing that I give you. And it might be a thing, it might be a person, uh, all these things. So three-word association uh, when you're ready. be five things. Okie dokie. Are you ready? Okay, you're ready. All right. Yes. Uh, word association. Uh, number one, Pat Webb. Funny. Uh, obtuse. And <laughs> okay. crazy. All right. He's going to be on the show soon. We have to schedule that because he's going to be in like like just a couple weeks will be Aaron. Uh, so we got to get him in here. Uh, number two, word association, uh, three words for Halloween. Spooky, fun, awesome. All right. Number three, Zach Biggins. Hmm. All right. Three words off the top I don't of my uh, motivated, <laughs> rich, showman. Uh, you did very well with that. All right. Uh, number four, uh, professional wrestling. Oh, God. Entertaining, uh, scripted, and shoot. What was that last word? Shoot. It's a term used in wrestling. Shoot. Okay, S-H-O-O-T. Yes, shoot. It's a shoot chance. Yep. And number five, uh, come get some. Uh, clean. Entertaining. Um, and informative. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, you did a good job with that. I'm glad. I, I think that works. I'm going to keep that, I think, in the future uh, returning guest. Yeah, I was going to say, because, I mean, so, you know, we, we discussed this on our show last weekend. We had you on. You've come a long way with Come Get Some, and you're doing a great job. Uh, we actually think you're doing awesome, man. I really appreciate it, and I always enjoyed that X Radio. It was really fun being there live, by the way. I can't give enough props to uh, Robert Massetti of uh, Freak Show Horror Fest that comes to Orlando every year in, in October. And uh, one thing I did not do in DeadX Radio because you know it becomes all about me. I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> between between all the jokes and, and kidding around and, and poking, we don't have time to really talk about anything. So I didn't get to really. I wanted to put over how much of a good time I had watching movies at the horror festival and, and really uh, how great how great how great a guy I'm trying to say Robert Massetti is. Yeah, he's so a great guy, man. Great. I love Robert. He's awesome. So everybody follow DeadX Radio at DeadX Radio on Twitter and DeadX Radio on uh, Facebook, Chance Hancock on Facebook, Chance DXR on Twitter. Also, um, look out for uh, DeadX Chronicles. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're live every Saturday, 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at DeadXRadio.com. All right, everybody, you heard it. Check it out. All right, uh, Chance, thank you so much. You have a good, uh, good day. I can't wait to see what you guys have in store for us on Saturday. Uh, catch you later. All right, brother. See you. All right, and that about sums it up. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come, come, yeah.